Are we there? There we go. Woo! Yeah, that mic is acting like most of us are today, right? Let me try that again. Good morning. Hey, I am so glad to uh, get to be here with you. For those of you I may not have met, my name is Pastor Travis, and I'm the teaching pastor in our Vintage Family of Churches. I get to hang out up north a lot, but I'm so delighted to be down here with you today. I got to be with you last week, and uh, you didn't lock the doors or change the locks, so thank you. Uh, It's great to be back with you. Pastor Nate is in battery conservation mode and uh, invited me to, to be down here with you again today, so I'm grateful for that. Nathan's going to be a part of our new member event after church today. I'll tell you about that here in just a second. But even more than me being here, I'm glad that you, for whatever reason, wherever you came from, that you're here today and a part of our vintage family. Listen, if you're a guest with us, I want to invite you before you leave today, a couple of things. One, to stop by our guest suite out in the commons afterward. A member of our serve team would love to talk to you more about where you're from, where you are on your journey and and maybe what steps you could take to be a part of our church family here. And if you don't have plans after church, we are having a new member event right here in this very spot and would love to have you at that. Uh, Pastor Nathan, like I mentioned to you, is going to be a part of that helping lead because we believe that church is more than just a place that you visit. It's a spiritual family that you become a part of. And so we'd love to have you. You say, well, I need this, and we got it all taken care of if you'll just be here for that. I'm telling you, friends, God continues to move among our churches, and it's such a joy to be a part of it. Hang on. That is, if you still got some joy juice in you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The greatest oxymoron, you know, contradictory thing in the face of the planet is happening this time of year. We call it Christmas spirit. And it's the crazy. On one hand, we get out the lights, we put up our trees, we play all our songs, while at the same time, we wear ourselves out We drive ourselves crazy. We spend ourselves down. Y'all, we're spending more now than we would ever spend in any other month of the year. We call it Christmas spirit. To such a low point that you know you have to start wondering where's the joy in this season. When what the season's supposed to be about, well, it becomes what the Christian life is not supposed to be about. Watch this. Anybody here already ready for the Christmas crazy to be over? Mm-hmm. See what I mean? You're like, I love Christmas, so I look forward to this time of year. I know, and the pieces of you left in January, they wish maybe we would go into it a little different way. How many of you are ready for a really silent night? Yeah, okay, now, now you're following me. So today in these remaining weeks leading up to Christmas, we're, we're going to shift our series a little bit and build on this big idea, this big idea that the presence of Jesus produces, or maybe you should say should produce, this gift called joy. Like, y'all, when we get our attention away from Amazon and onto the Almighty, some seriously uplifting things can happen Enter this series 
where we're talking about topics that not just help us survive this time of year, but will also help us thrive if we'll dial in and, and pay attention to what they have to say. Mindsets, we've said that if, that if we'll lean into just a little bit, can help empower us, not just for now, but also into the new year. Just ask the fellow who's inside we're going to absorb today. He was a doctor in his earthly life. So you talk about a schedule, and you talk about demands. His brother had it. And yet, once he met Jesus, and he got on Christ's team, his focus was on setting us an appointment with the great physician. Which means that everything this author wrote was very intentional and highly beneficial. In fact, you know, if you counted verses, some of you are detailed people like that. You're thinking, one, two, three. If we counted verses... This guy that we're about to meet, he is the single largest contributor of the New Testament. Do you know that? Y'all are thinking, well, what about Paul, right? Paul wrote 13 of the letters in the New Testament. Yeah, but, but here's the number count. My wife's a CPA, so she always makes me hit things precise, right? Paul contributed 2,032 verses to the New Testament. Just in case you want to talk about that at lunch sometime. But this man we know as Luke gave us 2,157 verses. Perhaps none as powerful as the one we're about to read today. So if you've got a copy of God's Word, I want you to find the book of Luke, and let's look at what he's saying to us. New Testament, second book in, right after Matthew is Luke. Friends, we're entering a season on the Christian calendar. We kind of slid into it sluggishly through Thanksgiving last week called Advent. And Advent means coming or arrival. And the whole idea of this season, of this next month, is not just the countdown to us crashing into all those presents and opening up all that stuff. It's about us cooling down and celebrating the greatest gift ever given. Because, I want you to follow me, the idea of a gift versus a present, they're, they're really very different. Even though we use the words gift and present sort of interchangeably, they, they really have different meanings and different applications. Gift comes from an old German root, and it really emphasizes something much larger, larger than just the item. It's, it's talking about the act of giving. Whereas present comes from a French root, and it just emphasizes the thing being provided. For instance, you'd say, well, I gave him a pen for his birthday. But then you'd also turn around and you'd say something like this. They made a $500,000 gift to their church. Subliminal message there for you. You wouldn't say, man, I'm so grateful for that big present they gave their church, right? Because when you talk about a gift, it's bigger. It's all-encompassing. Do you see it? One elicits temporary happiness, while the other, this long-lasting joy. And I have to believe that's what Luke was capturing on that amazing Christmas night long ago when he wrote this. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Look at it. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you, 
See, there it is. The, the act of giving. I'm bringing you something. This is the angel talking to the shepherd. Do you remember the Christmas story? I bring you a gift. Good tidings of great joy, says that classic translation. Which shall be for all people, the naughty and the nice. Did you know that? Do you know God's gift includes the people that aren't on your list? For unto you is born this day, or today is born for you in the city of David, a Savior. You know what the word Savior means? Rescuer, deliverer, preserver, a Savior who is Christ, the Christ of your Christmas and Lord. Y'all, there's some something something in those two verses. See, God doesn't want us full of this this fickle feeling called happiness. Instead, he wants to fill us with with what the psalmist describes as abundant joy. In other words, it doesn't taper off. I got it, and I'm going to hang on to it for a while. What's the difference? What's the difference between happiness and joy? Let's zoom in on that for a minute. Well, first of all, happiness is external. And joy is internal. Can you track with me on that? Happiness is external and joy is internal. Maybe you've heard the expression, happiness has to do with happenings, but joy has to do with, yeah, Jesus. See, happiness says this. If I get this and buy this and have this, then I'm going to be happy. It's situational. Happiness is all about situations, events, people, places, things, thoughts. But here's the problem. In order for me to be happy all the time, then the things in my life have to be right or exactly like I like to be them all the time. And well, many of y'all know that's just not so, is it? Other people don't act like we want them to, do they? Those little cherubs we call our children, they're not always perfect. I mean, yours may be, but I can testify about mine. They're just like their mama. Man, I tell you what. (laughs) She's not here as I can say that. You know, if if you're dating or you're married... That relationship, man, it can be so good. I mean, it really can. And, and God designed it, a marriage relationship. He, he designed it that way. It can be so good. But what if it's not? Are you still happy? If you have kids, like I just said, they can be amazing and enduring and such a blessing. But what about when they're not? Are you still happy? Earning a good living and, and having money and possessions, I mean, I like it, you like it. God designed it that way to, to, to be awesome for us, but, but what about when it's not? 
and you don't have things. Are you still happy? You following? That job or vocation can be so rewarding, and you pour yourself into that. But what if it's not? And, and the, the person at work is a real jerk. Are you still happy? It, it's got to be why Luke slid right past all this, and, and instead he emphasized good tidings of great joy. Hey, shepherds, I'm bringing you something. No, I'm not going to hand it to you. It's bigger than that. Maybe you know it from the King James. Anybody know what a good tiding is? Kind of a funny phrase. Does that mean you clean up after yourself? You're tidy? Or does it, does it mean a certain laundry detergent? We're, we're trying to do something different. You know, you learn on the first kid. Well, the third kid, we're trying to do something different. We're trying to teach our nine-year-old how to do his own laundry this is an aside. Man, that's an adventure. I've already gone through one washing machine. And we are trying to teach him the difference between detergent and those little scent beads. They are not the same. And you can't just dump a bunch of scent beads in there and say you've washed your clothes. Even you've covered them with some stuff, but you still stank. Tidings is, is an old-fashioned word for news. I'm bringing you good news. So if somebody comes up to you and they say, I bring you, I'm bringing you good tidings, it, it really means they're bringing you some really good news. And really good news doesn't just make you happy, does it? It, it makes you ecstatic. For real? Really? My youngest son and I were watching a football game recently, and at one point the camera... It, it cut over, you know how they do, they pan into the crowd, catch the crowd reaction. And the camera panned right in the middle of this game over to, this, to the crowd. And it zoomed in on this elderly lady. And she, y'all, she was going nuts for her team. She was high-fiving people around her. I mean, it was so out of character, right? Just the way she was, she had the, the colors on and everything. But she was jumping up and down and man, just, whoa, 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 going crazy. And at one point, my my Son, he looks over at me, and he goes, this perplexed look on his face. He's like, Dad, what is she doing? And I look right back at him long before I was even reading, <laughs> studying about this message. And I said, son, that's just joy. Right? When we see it, it just, boom, it just erupts in us. We, we can't control it. Which is why the angel used that word. The biblical word for, for joy means exceeding delight. I like that. It makes me think I can have joy that exceeds my circumstances. Or the people around me or the challenges I face or, 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 or. Pastor Rick Warren out in California gave a real zinger of a definition. Here's what he said. He said, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything's going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Yes. Yes. Because y'all know, I got them in my life, you got them in your life. There are people around you all the time whose faces do not declare the glory of God. How's that? And when you see them... 
Hey, man, how you doing today? They could have won the lottery. You know what the psalmist says? Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 5. Probably why Paul exhorted the folks at the Thessalonica church. Chapter 5. Be joyful always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all what? Circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Listen, friends, there's a reason for the season, but eventually it comes to an end. Do you know that? Just like every other season that we celebrate, the hardship, the hard time, whatever it is that you're in right now, it is not forever if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Which brings us to the second difference between happiness and joy. Happiness requires a situation. Joy requires a revelation. I want you to understand what was happening when the angel said this. More importantly, I want you to understand who it was happening to. A bunch of shepherds. And, and I know in our day and time, we've kind of glamorized these old pasture boys. My dad was in the grain and fertilizer business. I was a country kid growing up. I know you look at me now, you think, what? I mean, I would get into your vehicle with boots on and have stuff on my boots. That's just how life was when I was growing up. We had a pretty significant cattle operation on the side. Dan, Dad was the manager of this big granary. And so I, I hung out with some, some rough dudes. And they stunk. Unapologetically, right? It was like a badge of honor. These shepherds, they, they were kind of that way times 10. And back then, they were considered outcasts in society, y'all. They worked with smelly animals. They had dirty jobs. They lived in filthy pastures. They were unfit and unkept and undeserving, except God looked down on that dirty bunch of dudes and he decided it was the perfect spot to drop his birth announcement. (laughs) Do you believe that? He didn't go to the church. Man, look at all those nice people. They showed up today. I have an announcement. Nope. The, The first people who got to hear from God were the last people who deserved it. Is that you? I, I don't know your circumstance. Maybe the world has convinced you that, that you're not deserving. I'm sorry to say, but maybe there's been a church experience in your lifetime that has told you that you're not welcome. <laughs> or maybe it's your past or, or a regret or a mistake that, that always seems louder than where you're headed. It always reminds you of where you've been. I'm telling you, God loves you anyway. That's what the joy of Christmas is about. For all people. That's what the messenger said. Not based on who you are. Yeah, I like the adage says, but based on whose you are. Your situation, your status, your circumstance does not have the final say in your life. When you come to know God through this person of Jesus Christ, he has the final say in your life. I'm glad about that. 
Rejoice in the Lord always, said Paul in Philippians 4.4. I will say it again. Rejoice. And that's coming from a fellow who dealt with some pretty tough stuff in his lifetime. Go read about Paul and all the junk he went through. And you can say the same. You say, how's that? Well, because of this next difference between happiness and joy. It's because happiness is about feelings, but our joy is about our faith. And boy, don't you know, don't you know those shepherds had to come up with some faith at that moment? Y'all, they were out in the middle of a pasture in the middle of the night. Everybody's half asleep. Sheep are sleeping, standing up, because that's what sheep do. Somebody was on watch duty. He was probably half asleep trickle of a fire going and then an angel shows up boom and just starts talking to him and then if, if that wasn't enough god kicks it up a notch if you keep reading down in this story you see the multitude of heavenly host thing the angel gives him the announcement and a, suddenly a multitude of heavenly hosts appear that's not 10 that's not a hundred that's not a thousand it, it's as many as you could see more than you could count Think hallelujah chorus in your mind. You know, you got in your car and the radio wouldn't turn down and so you've turned it on and boom! That's what happened in that very moment. Faith? Well, it was either going to be that or the, the first word the angel said, don't be afraid. How about in your life? You know what? I have no doubt that some of the shepherds who heard this, they had a hard time stomaching what that angel was saying. Once they got over the shock, right? I'm out here in a pasture with my boys, and, and there's an angel talking to me. But I don't think some of them, I don't think it stuck. I think they had a hard time believing it, because what was happening in their lives was anything but a cause for great joy. Working long hours, living like they were homeless, Feeling like they were forgotten, those are not in your top ten list of wonderful life experiences, are they? Listen, trials and tough times are not joy. And nowhere in Scripture are we supposed to walk through them with some sick grin on our face. You know, that fake it till we make it thing? That's not biblical. It's okay to hurt. And it's okay if it shows. And if somebody says, hey, how you doing? Man, I stink right now. But I'm going to make it. You know why? Because of what the Bible says, Hebrews 11.1. 1, because our faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Like I know it's not good now, but I know it's going to be. And even if it doesn't get better, I know God's going to sustain me in the it. Can you say that? I want you to know today that whatever you're going through right now, disappointment, criticism, pressures at home, sickness, whatever it is, regardless of what you're feeling, you can decide to experience joy in the midst of it all. I didn't say enjoy. There's a difference. Rather, you can have that peace that passes all understanding and it guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus and it keeps you from being catty with everybody and it protects you from being bitter and it sustains you and doesn't crush your vision or your outlook. 
Unto you is born this day. The scripture says, I'm bringing you a gift. That's what the angel said to those shepherds. And he's saying it to you and me right now. It's this final difference between happiness and joy that happiness happens by chance. And joy happens by choice. Y'all know two people can look at the same thing and see something completely different. And one of them can love it. And the other person can look at that and go, man. You ever, you ever met somebody? You ever seen somebody in your life? And you look at them and you think, I don't know how they're making it. I'm glad they're not me. But if you talk to that person, they're like, I'm okay. I'm doing fantastic. How is that? Because they've chosen to be that way. Said theologian Matthew Henry, I don't know if you've ever heard this. He was accosted, beat up, robbed by thieves. Here's what he said afterwards. He said, Lord, let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. He wrote this in his journal after he'd had the junk beat out of him. Lord, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it wasn't much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. That's making a choice to see things differently. Are you? Listen, when that heavenly host disappeared, those shepherds were still out in the field. They didn't get teleported to the manger scene. It was still nighttime. Nobody brought them coffee. They were still shepherds. Nobody changed their opinion about them. So in that moment, they had a choice. They could receive and believe what they just heard. Or they could go on like that was the craziest dream they ever had and whatever they ate turned them inside out. Thank God for them and for us, they made the right choice. And they decided to get up and go after what God said. Would you do that? got to be one of my top five scripture sections in the whole bible habakkuk 3 17 says this though the fig trees fig tree does not bud there are no grapes on the vines though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i'll be joyful in god my savior why because the sovereign lord's my strength and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he enables me to go on the heights. I will choose to be better, not just bitter. I will choose to do unto others as I'd have them do unto me. I will choose to run and not grow weary, to walk and not be faint, because I have a Savior who can sustain me. That's the attitude. You want to make a difference in our world? In your circle, in your pocket in the world, adopt that as your attitude. Some people are going to think you're on something, something. Because you've decided to maintain a perspective of joy regardless of what happens to you. Is that you today?
It can be. Simply by deciding to walk that road. Thank you for listening to this message. You can stay connected with us at Vintage.Church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. At Vintage, we believe church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Liberty Hill area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service time, and plan your visit by visiting Vintage.Church slash Liberty Hill. We hope to see you soon.